this is your Polycast for Wednesday, April 15th, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News. On today's edition, the legislature passes an emergency insulin plan. Bipartisan support is slipping for the governor's coronavirus plan. The Twin Cities Airport will get $125 million in federal money to help offset steep revenue losses related to COVID-19. Martin Moylan reports. Passenger traffic at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport is down 95 percent. Travelers fill just 2 percent of parking spaces. Many stores and restaurants in the terminals have closed. Airport spokesman Patrick Hogan says the federal money will provide much-needed relief, but more money will be needed to help until air travel gets back to anywhere close to normal. We know it won't be enough. This is a, it's a great short-term relief for us to be able to pay our bills and keep everything uh, moving forward. But we know long-term we are going to continue to suffer these losses. More than 90 other airports in Minnesota will split about $35 million in aid from the Federal Aviation Administration. I'm Martin Moylan. A new report lists the Upper Mississippi River as the most endangered in the United States. Kirsty Marone reports. Every year, the nonprofit advocacy group American Rivers publishes a report ranking the 10 U.S. rivers that face the biggest threats. In this year's report, the Upper Mississippi River in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri leads the list. Olivia Dorothy is director of the Upper Mississippi River Basin Program for American Rivers. She says the iconic river is facing greater challenges, like frequent flooding caused by climate change and the loss of natural floodplains. I think what a lot of people didn't really realize is the shift into these longer duration flood events, like what we had in 2019, where flooding lasted for over 100 days on the upper Mississippi River and longer elsewhere. Dorothy says states and the federal government need to develop a comprehensive water management plan for the upper Mississippi. I'm Kirsty Marone, Brainerd. Governor Walls is expected to sign a bill guaranteeing people with diabetes access to affordable insulin. The House approved a compromise measure by a 111 to 22 vote yesterday. The Senate voted unanimously in favor of it. People running short of the prescribed medication could get a 30-day supply with a copay that wouldn't exceed $35. Low-income patients could also qualify for a long-term relief program. Richfield DFL Representative Michael Howard predicted the plan will save lives. For type 1 diabetics, insulin is like water, and they're literally being priced out of their lives. So we set out to pass a simple bill, uh, one that says no one should ever lose their life because they cannot afford the insulin they need to survive, and that insulin manufacturers that have profited should share in the responsibility in solving this. Drug makers that don't make insulin available to the program would face large fines. Opponents said companies have already stepped up on their own. Minnesota lawmakers have passed another package of COVID-19 legislation despite growing concerns among some about the duration of the pandemic emergency. House Republicans tried unsuccessfully yesterday to end the peacetime emergency declared by DFL Governor Tim Walz last month, as well as rescind many of his executive orders. Tim Pugmire has the story. Governor Walz has issued 35 executive orders since first declaring a peacetime emergency last month. Some legislators say enough is enough. Representative Steve Draskowski is no longer comfortable with the governor's authority to take unilateral action without the legislature. 
If we don't terminate the governor's emergency powers, we'll be ceding the authority of the legislature and the voice of the people to one person. It's the legislature's role as the voice of the people to set state policy, not one chief executive. Draskowski, a self-proclaimed new Republican, tried unsuccessfully to take up a resolution to end the emergency and the executive orders issued to date. Republican House Minority Leader Kurt Dowd offered a slightly different resolution that also fell short. It would have kept some executive orders in place. Our priority is keeping Minnesotans safe, um, and we think we can do that while still transitioning back into uh, reopening a lot of the businesses in the state of Minnesota. I think people are ready uh, to do this and do it responsibly, um, and this resolution would be the first step in doing that. Democrats opposed both resolutions. DFL House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler equated the proposals to quitting the fight against the coronavirus. I am shocked that with lives on the line in Minnesota, with thousands of our citizens at risk of death and certainly far more at risk of very serious illness, that we are trying to end the measures, the very measures that are allowing us to outperform the rest of the country in dealing with this crisis. Concerns were also raised in the Senate about the governor's stay-at-home order and its impact on business. Republican Senator Mary Kiffmeyer said she believes Minnesota can protect public health while allowing businesses to reopen. We need to open this up. Gradually, carefully open this up. Republican Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka, who has recently criticized the stay-at-home order, said he wants the Senate to lead by example. He wants the body to return to a mostly normal work schedule later this week. Gazelka believes businesses can do the same. If they can show that they can do safe distancing and and follow uh, plans to have a cleaner environment, then it's time to let them get back to work. The House and Senate passed the latest COVID-19 bill, which is a collection of policy adjustments for state government. They also gave overwhelming support to an insulin affordability and access bill that's been in the works for months. But even before the day's action, DFL House Speaker Melissa Hortman was reflecting on the current deteriorating mood of the legislature. Hortman said she's concerned about less bipartisan spirit in trying to resolve the health crisis. People are not going to engage in the economy like we want them to unless we have the pandemic under control. And actually, public health and economic security go hand in hand. Even as lawmakers debated putting the state back to work, members worked in different locations to maintain social distancing. Many wore face masks, and some House members voted by phone. The House returns to session on Friday. The Senate is back on Thursday. I'm Tim Pugmire. And that's your Polycast for this Wednesday, your daily check-in on Minnesota politics. I'm Mike Mulcahy with NPR News.